Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Calling all detectives. Going 15 miles an hour faster than the speed limit can get you into all kinds of trouble. Sometimes, even a murder charge. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. There's no rule that says a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, can't have his own share of trouble. I'd been at the scene of a fire that actually turned out to be mostly smoke. After being assured by Fire Commissioner Emmett Cavanaugh that Consolidated Insurance wouldn't be faced with a big claim, I headed my car toward home. I heard the police siren and slowed down. Pull over and stop! Two men walked over to my car. I'm sorry, Mr. Browning. You were doing 40 in a 25-mile zone. I looked past the cop at the malicious grin on the other man's face. He was Harry Newitt, the D.A. So, you think you're a privileged character, Browning? I'm sorry, Mr. District Attorney. I turned to the red-faced cop. Give me the ticket. Might as well get it over with. Newitt didn't like that. Officer, I want this man's car searched. Oh, Mr. District Attorney. Search the car, I say, or I'll have your badge. Go ahead. Do as he says. Search it. The cop went through the movements of looking in the back of my car. Then, look in the trunk. I handed the cop my car keys, got out, and watched. I didn't know who was the most surprised when the doubled-up body tumbled out of my trunk. But it was Newitt who first found his voice. Browning, I've been waiting for this for a long time. You're under arrest for murder. When the district attorney ordered a search of my car, he found a body in the trunk. Lieutenant Dawson of Homicide bent over the paper on his desk. All right. I'm ready to take your statement, Mr. Branning. I have no statement to make, Dawson. Dawson looked up, blinked. But, Jerry, you've got to make a statement. Oh, so it's Jerry now, is it? Dawson flushed. Oh, Jerry, make a statement that you don't know whose body that is, how it got into your car, why, and maybe we can release you. I crossed my legs. Dawson, I remember one time when you got in a jam. I didn't ask you to make any statements, as I recall. Dawson jumped up. Don't go to Jerry. You're no cop. I am. Sit down, Dawson. Look, Dawson, I know whose body that is. It's Rod Saylor, the man who sold all that phony Atlantic Ocean dry dock stock to people around town. And I can guess how he got into my trunk. 
Sailor probably lived in that house where the fire was tonight. My car was parked around the corner with the keys in it, and somebody put them into the trunk while I was at the blaze. Well, uh, but you don't know why. Sorry, Dawson. I'm afraid I do. I'd been negotiating quietly with Sailor to have him refund the money on those stock sales. Somebody killed him and put him into my car to make it look as though I'd been trying to strong-arm him into paying up. How did he die? He, uh, he was beaten to death. Huh. There you are. No statement, Dawson. Dawson lowered his head. I'm mighty sorry, Jerry, but you just did make a statement. And I'll have to hold you for the grand jury. My pal, Dawson. Well, you sure find out who your friends are the hard way. At least I had the cell to myself. I laid down in the lower bunk, slept fitfully for about an hour. Then I jerked awake as the footsteps halted outside my cell door. I looked through the bars, saw Dawson with Fire Commissioner Cavanaugh and a slim weasel-faced man, obviously a prisoner. Lieutenant, a couple of my fire patrol boys caught this man hanging around that tenement fire scene tonight. I'd like him held on suspicion of arson pending investigation. Sure, Commissioner. Anything you say. You can't pinch me. I know my rights. I want my lawyer. Sure, Freddy. Sure. We'll call your lawyer in the morning. You won't mind doubling up for tonight with Jerry Brown. Thanks, Dawson. Company was all I needed. I turned to my cellmate. What's your name? Bernie Parsons, Mr. Browning. Relax, Ferdy. I won't bite you. I jerked a thumb at the bunks. The upper one's yours. I got here first. That's okay, Mr. Browning. After Ferdy scrambled into the upper bunk, I lay down on my bed again, folded my arms behind my head. No more chance of sleeping tonight. So I lay there, thinking. Why would somebody murder Rod Sailor? Easy. For his money. That meant Rod must have kept his money at his apartment. Handy for a quick getaway, probably. Then the fire must have been a cover-up for the murder. Sure. Lots of smoke and confusion. Not much damage. I sat up. Hey, Ferdy. Ferdy, wake up. I, I, I'm awake, Mr. Browning. Just exactly why were you hanging around the scene of that fire? Honest, Mr. Browning, I don't know nothing about it. I didn't see nothing happen. I was waiting for my girlfriend, Janie Carson. She'll tell you I don't even know Rod Sailor. I jumped to my feet, yanked Ferdy out of his buck. He opened his mouth to yell. I clamped my hand over it. Listen, Ferdy. You heard Dawson. They've got me here on murder, and they can't hang me but once. Ferdy, you killed Sailor for his money. Hit it, and we're going back for the loot after you put the body into my car. No, I can't prove it, but I'm your judge and jury, and I'm going to execute you. I lifted my hand a few inches from his mouth, ready to clamp down again. Don't! Don't do anything! It wasn't me! It was Janie's idea! She lived in the house! She hit him face with a ball pad! She's got the money! Okay, Jerry, we heard it! We'll take it from here! Come on, Ferdy, upstairs! Dawson and Cavanaugh rushed Ferdy upstairs, leaving me with the cell door open. Yeah? I walked out of there. But I didn't leave the building. I went on up to Dawson's office. It was empty. After a long time, he came in, quietly. Hello, Jerry. Uh, still mad? <laughs> no, I'm not still mad. 
But you might have told me what you were up to. I, I didn't dare, Jerry. I, I was afraid you wouldn't make it sound real enough. And I knew you'd figure out the connection after a while. We had Fetty on ice before the DA brought you in, but he wouldn't crack. And this was a chance to clear you and solve the murder, too. Well, it certainly is good to know who your friends are, even if it is the hard way. Like I said, everybody has his share of troubles. But they never weigh so much if you've got another shoulder to help carry the load. 